This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is, a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially as you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that, that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is a special edition iFanboy podcast on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets, and little man. Make up your mind to have Hello, welcome to a special edition iFanboy podcast on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. My name is Connor Kilpatrick and I'm here with Paul Montgomery. Hey folks. And we are from iFanboy. We talk about comics every week on the Pick a League podcast, but we like to come in for some special shows when things happen that are worth talking about. And we thought the pilot episode of the newest uh, Marvel TV show was worth talking about. I guess it's the first Marvel TV show. I guess if you want to use Marvel live Studios, action, certainly, Marvel yeah. Studios as your uh, yeah. barometer, there, there, were, there have, of course, been other Marvel TV shows over the years. But this is the first Marvel Studios TV show taking place within the Marvel movie universe. We thought that was worth exploring, so we're going to do that. We'll, there will be spoilers, so if you haven't seen the episode, uh, there's no way to talk about it without talking about spoilers. So if you are worried about that kind of thing, pause the show, come back after you've seen it. It's on... Well, I'm sure you can watch it on the ABC app or wherever, wherever you want to watch those kind of things um, if you haven't mm-hmm. seen it yet. Um, but Paul has been writing over MTV's Splash Page blog, and he, you, Paul, you wrote a review on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I thought I'd start off having you to give your thoughts because I'm, I'm still thinking. I, th- I saw it when it was on, obviously, and I saw it again this mm-hmm. morning, although it was really more on in the background as I did things around the apartment. But uh, I'm still formulating my thoughts, so why don't you kick us off? All right, leave it thought. to the professionals here. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you can go over to, to splashpage.mtv.com every Wednesday morning and check out my review of the newest episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I have to write it out that way every time I name it with quotation marks right. and the goddamn little dots. I hate acronyms. I hate them. Just do copy um, and paste. Like, can we all agree just to say S.H.I.E.L.D. in all caps? It's fine. Copy yeah. and paste. Um, yeah, I, I, I did do that. Um, 
So yeah, so I, I watched this. Uh, I watched this with my dad last night, who's a big fan of the uh, the Marvel Studios movies and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and he got a, he got some some good laughs out of it, enjoyed himself. Then I had to to stow away with my laptop and and write all night long, <laughs> and uh, I wrote about fifteen hundred words on it. And um, I'm I'm still I'm still you know mulling this one over. This this has a lot to answer to. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the episode opens up with with shots from you know the Avengers and you know some of the Iron and, you know the Iron Man movies and everything and we see all the icon- iconic stuff like Cap Shield we see Mjolnir and and um, it's it's all there and then we go into this other thing and we have to kind of get used to a TV budget for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I think that was probably the most noticeable thing was that. I mean, if you look back at the Avengers, which, which I did, rec- I did actually two days ago. I watched it again while I was mm-hmm. home, and uh, even though like most of that movie shot on a set, which is basically the set of the helicarrier, and the rest of it shot in front of a green screen mm-hmm. <laughs> that was not New York, um, this felt very much like a much smaller world because it was clearly shot on a back lot, except for the part in Paris out of nowhere. Um, it just felt it didn't feel real in terms of the world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it felt like okay. They're shooting on the ABC. I would, the, the ABC I would studio. say especially that opening with J. August Richards right. as uh, Michael Peterson, uh, the hooded hero, and his son. You know, looking in a window at uh, the, the the New York Warriors or whatever they're calling them. Heroes, they're not the called the Avengers. Heroes, I think. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, and it's you know, it's it's got that um, that street lamp and uh, the, the brick facades and everything. And, um, you're like, yeah, okay. And so you, so right away, it's kind of asking a little bit of your suspension of disbelief, but that's fine. Yeah, you know, I mean, we you have to we, accept that as a TV show. It's going to have a much yeah, we got through Smallville's metropolis and Smallville you know, literally so. had two, two city blocks to work with for the entire you know, last four seasons, but you get over yeah. that. I mean, I, I, I didn't certainly noticed it. It just felt different. But I mean, the other thing I noticed, um, was that even though Joss Whedon was a writer, he was only one of three, and it didn't really feel like a Joss Whedon-written show. It didn't? Okay. I didn't think it felt as snappy. There was moments of it, clearly, but it didn't feel quite as, as uh, you know, the Joss, you know, Joss Whedon certainly has his faults, and I haven't loved everything he's done, but mm-hmm. he can write very well. I loved Avengers, and I've loved, you know, Firefly, things like that, but it didn't really feel as, the, the dialogue didn't seem to crackle as much does it as to me? I think it's and this is this is also written that the showrunners are and you know Joss Whedon's going to be in absentia for a little bit because he's working on Avengers two you know the Age of Ultron, um, so it's it's his younger brother Jed Whedon, um, and his fiance his wife I think so yeah, um, Mar- Marissa Taran. Uh, Marissa Tancharian I'm sorry and um, they're they're working on it and it it feels a little bit like like. Weed and light, like right, aping exactly. early Buffy kind of stuff, and and that you know the quippiness and sort of the self conscious jokes, like backtracking on jokes, like saying things and realizing, oh, I can't believe I just said what I I said. Right. Um, most of that from the the Sky character, and the, the the very weird Fitzsimmons entity, which is like these symbiotic Scots who well, um, talk love, over I each love other. Those two characters, but like, like, I like them too. But like, it's very clearly like a a, a Whedonistic kind of right. idea. Well, let's let's uh, backtrack just real quickly yeah. just to give an overview of what what the episode was about. Um, 
it's pretty straightforward. Uh, this new hero appears in the scene who is uh, played by uh, J- Joss Whedon alumnus uh, J. August Richards. Is his name? Mm-hmm. He's in uh, Angel. Right. And uh, so S.H.I.E.L.D. Shield mobilizes to f- find this guy before bad people, bad people get to him. In the meantime, they're recruiting a new agent. And also there's a mysterious uh, group called the Rising Tide dogging them on the internet. And it all sort of comes together at the same time with uh, the new agent uh, teaming up with an agent of Rising Tide, or didn't, or was she all Rising Tide? I was, it wasn't quite clear if she was an agent of Rising Tide. It or, sounds like she's all Rising yeah, Tide. Like too, she but, just ran it out of her van. Right. <laughs> when did she shower and make her hair look fabulous, living in a van? Um, and uh, so they all come together as they 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 track down this new hero, and it comes uh, you know to a, to a head. We also have the return. We have a brief appearance by Maria Hill, who Colby Smulders, who's on another TV show, so she won't be on it that much, if at all, and. Uh, and then the return of uh, Agent Phil Coulson, Paul's favorite character. But we'll get to yeah, and Phil Coulson, I think, the whole mystery in a bit. But that was yeah. the overall plot. It was fine. I didn't. I, thought, I saw people complaining that it wasn't big enough, and you know, it's a t- it's a TV show, and I don't use that as as a diminutive because TV is great right now. We're in a golden age of TV, but you mm-hmm. know, they they they're not going to fight the Shatari every week, and they're not going to fight no. the Galactus every week, and it's going to be small stories about characters. And I think that's okay. I think it's this is the place to. Tell those stories. You know, you can have the giant New York City spanning battles in the movies. In the meantime, this can be about Shield running around doing stuff in the shadows, which I think is you know perfect for a TV show. This is sort of like the like the Frontline series. Right. You know, it's like um, is, that, is that what they were called? Like the minis that would run alongside Civil War yeah, and, and Civil similar War big events. And uh, yeah, and uh, so yeah. Um, but the idea is sort of like this is the, this is the ramification of living in a world of of gods or, or giants. Uh, it's just how they put it. Um, you know, the advent of, of the Avengers and um, alien invasion and stuff like that. And how do you cope with that? And now there are, there are powers out there in the world. And and spoiler for this episode, uh, Extremis is involved. Which was a nice um, twist. I wasn't. I didn't see coming at all. Yeah, handily on the same day that uh, Iron Man three comes out on on DVD and Blu ray. <laughs> I've got it right here on my on my on my table. Um, yeah. So the the it finds out you find out that the main hero and someone else also were. Uh, Infected with with a, a sort of a cocktail of super soldier serum, gamma radiation, extremis, and all kinds of things to try to manufacture superheroes, and that's how they have their powers, and it all goes very horribly wrong as these things tend to do. Um, but it was a fun little. There were I, I, I there were a lot more references and callbacks to the movies than I had expected, um, with also little explanation. You know, they never really said yeah. what extremis was, which I don't have a problem with. It just it was interesting that they sort of gave you that. Uh, no, that that leeway as a as a viewer to to understand. I wonder if there are people who are who are watching this show and they're like, "What the hell are they talking about?" Like, I didn't watch that that Avengers movie that that little you know right. low budget <laughs> indie flick. But um, I th- I think they just expect that this that you know people are really into the Iron Man movies and Avengers and everything. And um, let's continue that story, and we don't have to do a lot of backtracking. And um, I kind of appreciate that. I hadn't thought about that until you mentioned it, but. So who would you? Um, know? So let's 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 go over this the characters, the cast, and everything, and discuss yeah. that. So uh, the leaders, obviously, Phil Coulson, Agent Phil Coulson, everyone's favorite. And then you've got new guy Grant Ward, who is sort of the badass uh, field agent, and uh, Melinda May, played by Ming Na Wen, who is the reluctantly out of I don't want to say retirement, but out of desk duty field agent, who uh, is also badass, but she's a little weary of being back in the field. Then you have. Fitzsimmons, who was uh, two different people, Fitz and Simmons, who are the the tech guy and the biology guy. 
it seemed like biology girl i mean obviously yeah. uh sort of tech support uh and then there's um newest member sky who was the rising tide person who's now joined the team so that's sort of your sort of just like the like questioning you know shield and and civil liberties and, and privacy and what you know how how great an effect does shield have on the world now and what we're doing and do they have too much influence and um shouldn't they be a little bit more transparent in what they're doing and and she can she kind of bends pretty easily to joining them by the end i mean if we consider that she's like this one woman um, you know, conspiracy theory team truther living out of a van, you know, and, and hacking into their systems. And at the end of this first hour, she's pretty much, you know, the, the newest member on the team. But I kind of got a feeling that she did this stuff that she did because she kind of wanted to be in the world. You know, she was a, for lack of a better term, she was a superhero groupie. I mean, she was, yeah, yeah. she was showing up and she'd show up in cosplay at Stark, Stark Tower, which was, which was a funny joke. And, Mm, and she, she she seemed to be really just wanted to be in that world, and her way in was to, you know, create this identity for herself on the internet. And she wants to be part of the team, like right. because she, you know, privacy is wouldn't be so much of an issue as long as she's in charge of it. You know, like she's right. part of the, now, the team. So. I actually quite liked the cast. Um, I thought they were pretty appealing and fun, except for uh, ironically Grant Ward, who seems to be positioned as the main guy, you know, next to Colson and. I thought he was mm-hmm. kind of bland. Um, yeah, I, it's it's sort of a thankless role, I think, because he's he's supposed to be like they have they give him that whole uh, Paris escapade um, where there's you know like fireplaces raising up and secret passageways and things, and it's a, it's it's a little bit sexy, a little bit international intrigue, and and um, like they give him that, but then he sort of turns into he's just like he's our eyes and ears, yeah. sort of he's the entry. Point the guy, point, definitely, and that used to be Coulson in the movies. Like that's that's Coulson in in Iron Man One. Right, um, he's coming in and he's sort of very unassuming, and um, he's the heart of the Avengers, and he's the and he's the reason that sort of the Avengers, you know, go into action and and, and really assemble. Um, so, it, but, but he did the, it with he did it with a bit of a palm. Where I think this Grant Ward character is just kind of bland. You yeah, know what I mean, no, I Coulson agree. Coulson had a personality. He was funny. And that's not necessarily Ward's character. He's the big, strong, stoic type, which is fine. You definitely need one of those guys uh, in your group. But you know, as a sort of a main anchor point, he—I just didn't really—I wasn't really drawn to him. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't—I couldn't even really tell you what he look, what he looks like. He's kind of a bland. When you have an around. ensemble like this, it's it's also it's also often the case that your your central protagonist, your entry point character, is not nearly as interesting as those around him because he's supposed to be the regular one. That's the problem with Buffy, right? That's the, you usually go back to, you know, Buffy Summers is, I mean, although there's all that, that pathos and everything, like she's the, probably the least interesting person in that group until maybe Riley comes along. This guy's a total Riley. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I, you know, it's just the first episode. He can, I'm giving him opportunities to grow and, and become interesting. But for me, Watching it, I just felt like whenever he was the focus, I got kind of bored, and I was looking for the rest of the team to come back. Although mm-hmm. when when they did shoot him up with the tr- with the tranquilizer, the truth serum, it was you know fun for a little while. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I, I like overall. I really liked the cast. I thought they were appealing. I really liked Fitzsimmons. I liked the sky. Um, I think I thought I liked the idea that Ming Na Wen is playing the character who's sort of the the um, you know the, the the reluctant veteran. You know, it's not mm-hmm. a, it's usually the kind of role you see going to a man. You know, but yes. she's a woman, which is an interesting twist on it. Um, I liked it. I liked the cast. I did. Now let's talk about Coulson. 
Talk about Coulson. Because in these promos leading up to this, you're like, wait a minute. Okay, well, first off, Coulson's in the show. Didn't he die? Wasn't he dead in the Avengers? And wasn't that like a really big deal? And that's why, you know, Iron Man's like his name was Phil. And this is why we're going to, you know, kick your ass. And um, the blood on the trading cards. Um, So what's going on with that? And then these promos come up where he says, like, I held my breath. You know, (laughs) and you're like, are they going to do that? And I was like... That's kind of ballsy, like to 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 just sort of do a throwaway thing like that. But like, it's not as simple as that. Yeah. So he first shows up. There's not really an explanation. Then he says he tells uh, Agent Ward that he uh, was dead for 40 seconds, and they he came back. Obviously, and they, they well, he, so he saw a light they and faked his death to aspire the Avengers, and now and they sent him off to Tahiti to recoup, and now he's back. And then later on, we find out through through the um, appearance by another Joss Whedon veteran whose name escapes me right now. Ron Glass. Ron Glass from – I know him from Barney Miller, but that's because I'm old. Um, I know him from Barney Miller too. <laughs> um, also from Firefly. Uh, from that, Firefly. That there's something more mysterious happening with Coulson's re- resurrection and he and Maria Hill share some, some, some secret dialogue – not secret, but some uh, dialogue about some secret goings-ons that – they're off in the off in the wings and the shadows, and he's like, he must, he, he'll never know. He must never know. Uh, you should never you know. know the truth, which means there's some sort of secret to why Coulson was resurrected or brought back, or is he an LMD? Is he a clone? Is it some sort of magic? Did the Scarlet Witch do it? Who knows? But I wonder right. if that's going to be an ongoing thing, or they're just going to leave that for later, maybe for the films or something. But uh, so there's some mystery to how Coulson came back. I don't know how much they're going to ask us to worry about that or not. It seems really overt and kind of obtuse the way they do it. Like it's very, I don't want to say, I don't want to say it, but like it's very comic booky. Right. Like it's very mainstream superhero comic booky to to have the cliffhanger and be like, but he, you know, it it wasn't really a near death experience. It was closer to death than that, you know. And um, so I'm hopeful. That Whedon has something a little bit more substantial up his sleeve, mm-hmm. where, like in, in that it's it's not as simple as all that. We're not gonna we're not gonna have you know a final scene like a you know a little coda with a, a room full of test tubes and bald Colsons floating in them. Although that'd be like, kind of awesome. Because we've of seen Coulson's that like a million times. I'm hoping that it's it's something a little bit more novel, and that journey is is kind of interesting and just. Given Coulson's temperament, that's a really interesting guy. Like he's he's unassuming, but he's he's definitely very confident. And throwing that kind of wrench into it, how much of this is he aware of? Right, he's confident because it's pretty much confident. a given that yes, he was dead and he's been brought back. You know, through technology or you know some kind of supernatural occurrence. Um, is he in denial about that? How? Is this the first time it's even happened? So there's a lot of different avenues you can go down, a lot of familiar territory there that we've seen on a lot of shows similar to this. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm hopeful that, you know, Whedon recognizes that and says, let's try and do something a little bit different. And I don't know what that's gonna be, and I I I shouldn't know what that's gonna be. I don't right. want it to be predictable. It was definitely interesting. I mean, I don't know, you know. I, I like know. that it's that it's not just like oh well you know that didn't count you know like <laughs> although I kind really of dead. always respect when they do that in the comics so I would have been fine with that in the TV show as well because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ultimately you really there's there's gonna be no completely satisfying answer to why this dead but that's such again, it's know? such a pivotal moment in the movie that I don't want it to be cheapened you know and so so anyway so now all the you know Phil Coulson's gonna come back as Vision people you might be right. <laughs> 
I mean, it, it may be not be the way that, you know, we're used to or the, the vision that we're accustomed to after so many decades, but it might be something like that. So, this is the Marvel Studios answers right. to that vision question. So I think overall they've got a really appealing sort of base of characters here. Um, mm -hmm. I think it'd be fun if they could bring in Maria Hill after How I Met Your Mother as, at least as a recurring yeah. basis because I think she brings a good dynamic to it. She's sort of the Nick Fury. Yeah. In, in this, because we don't have Nick Fury, so I think we um, get like a, a Nick Fury a, one one appearance a season. I think they can work that out. I was wondering if they were going to pull it off, like they kept it secret for so long and just you know. But I don't know. It just it was interesting. It felt even the tech. Uh, to get back to the earlier point about feeling different. Yeah. Even the tech, like the the base, the the Shield headquarters, felt different than the tech in the movie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. The, it just it felt much more claustrophobic, and I understand again. I understand why. I just and they speak to that. I mean, they say we're using some of the '90s, you know, tech for like we don't have a helicarrier. We've got this airliner thing, and right. um, it's kind of cool that they have a plane and they no, you know, I, I go like, anywhere. I like the idea of that. It's like very human target ish, and you know? it's not exactly like the like the spaceships from from Battlestar Galactica where they have like recliner chairs. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not that low rent looking. So, like, um, but yeah. I think it's so it's it's very I mean and we're talking about sort of like archetypes in terms of you know what the the uh, Melinda May character is and you know the Fitzsimmons uh duo like that they're the the anxious scientists and everything um but th this is the pilot and there's right. there's a lot that they have to a lot of pipe that they have to lay down well, and things often change characters characters change over time and and a lot of people have mentioned in their commentary of, of, of this pilot that, you know, a Joss Whedon pilot isn't always fantastic. It takes some time for these relationships to gel and people to get shuffle, shuffled around. And it, it's not just true of a Whedon show, but any show. Like, um, you watch the beginning of, like, Community. Right. And that's a great pilot. But, like, it takes a while for those characters to become who they are. Like, Donald Glover is not, you know. No, even the first season, he's a different character than he is. He's he's, he's definitely not Troy, and then like the, it takes a while for them to to fit into their their groove. So, um, it's funny. Be patient people, with it. People keep calling this a Joss Whedon show, and technically it is, but it isn't, as far as I know. You know, like he. Well, there's been some murky stuff out there. Like there was that that story that um, the emergency rewrites. The, the emergency rewrites, like they had to fly him in, and like he had to, you know, rewrite stuff on the spot, like. From, you know, from scratch. Right. Um, so he is involved. He's involved, uh, but he's not overseeing. It's, it's, it seems to me, and I, I don't know anything other than what I'm reading, is that it seems to be more like an angel scenario where, mm -hmm. you know, he's created it. It's his characters, but he's off running something else, which is he was off running, I think, Firefly at the time of Angel, or is it still Buffy? Buffy, um, yeah. So he would, you know, he I'm sure he's available to consult and answer questions, but I, I feel like what I read from him in his interviews is that. He's not hands-on on the show because he's hands-on doing, you know, Age of Ultron. So, you know, it's a Whedon show, but it seems to be more of a Jed Whedon show. <laughs> so, and I'm and I'm also curious as to how personal it could possibly be with you know Marvel and Disney involved, and like right. these properties are huge, and they have to be respectful of this IP, you right. know, you know, and so. Um, so, um, you know, I don't know you said, you know, we're probably not going to see them fighting, you know, Galactus or Kang or, or something every week. I I would imagine that we're going to see them facing more of like the Marvel terror groups. I would you know, hope like so, but the, I also hope... Like the Ames and the... Rather than like, you know, the Mole Man coming out. I, don't, I was they probably thinking don't about that as I was watching, what, they could, what they're going to end up doing. Um, 
because you know you, you don't want it to be a. I mean, some people do, but you don't. I think in general you don't want it to be a Marvel Easter egg of the week show. Um, but like early Smallville. Well, early Smallville they created a lot of their yeah, own villain. That stuff didn't really come into later a lot of it. Um, but you also, if I'm running Marvel Studios, I'm not going to allow these people to do anything with anybody who's any kind of major character because I want to save those people for them. Right, because this is it, this isn't just another. Uh, iteration of the Marvel Universe. This is the same world, ostensibly, as the Thor movies. And right, you want to save those people for the billion-dollar movie generating movies, um, right? Or even other shows. You know, you don't want to put Luke Cage in here if you if you could if you think you can do a Luke Cage movie or TV show. You know what I mean? So like, it's right. going to be a very fine line. And I'm sure they've got a list of characters that they're allowed to use. And, they're and you might be all... like, well, why don't you introduce Luke Cage here and then you can put him in the movie? Well. I think you're going to get a, a, a bigger actor if they debut in a yeah. movie, and I, they're not going to be interested in doing that. I'm sure that the, the list of characters involves mostly C and D list characters, which is fine. I think that's fun to, sh- to showcase those characters. In there. There's no shortage of them either. There's no. there's a bazillion you know fun you know C and D tier villains that they could play with, and and this um, is the place for Darkhawk to really shine. <laughs> I like to see Darkhawk in this. Um, I think they already announced one of the upcoming villains. He was somebody I, I, I don't think I'd ever heard of before. Um, but uh, Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. I was like, I, who? I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's going to be... I, I you know Overall, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't super love it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certainly other pilots I've seen this season that I've liked more. But I didn't, I didn't definitely didn't dislike it, and I've, I had fun watching it. I look forward to next week. So Yeah, in, in the review, I kind of say that it's sort of like they're bringing a bit of like Saturday morning like action-adventure yes. to primetime. It's almost like um, a USA show. It's almost like that kind of sh- show, which used to, be yeah. a, a, used to be a network show. That's what the networks used to do is sort of action-adventure, one-hour action-adventure shows, which is cool because not every show I need to watch needs to be Breaking Bad and or – you know, some sort of darkly psychological take on something. And this is, I, right. I, I'll, I'll, it's almost like Alias. It's almost like that kind of thing. I enjoy like a one-hour weekly spy show with guys getting punched and you know, charming cast members. So I think that's. I think it's funny. Fun. And then if you're, I mean, uh, you know, we did a whole Phil Coulson week on iFanboy back when Avengers came out. I, I think, I think that character is just so charming and disarming. Right. Um, I, and it's, you know, not the usual leading man. No, he's very... Uh, he does not have the hairline of the usual leading man. Um, and there's something really refreshing about that. And um, He's also very kind of clipped, and he's got a very distinct personality that is not usual main character. Yeah, and, and I, I wonder and if I that's going to be. I wonder if that's going to be something they can sustain over the course of this. And it's not just and and you know it's not just a gag either. Like he's um, there's there's some depth here where he interacts with with uh, Maria Hill and says like you know you should you should try Tahiti you know for a bit and she says you know I'd last like three days and I'd want to get back in the field and he's like exactly um, you could use that um, it's it, it would be a good you know you know kickstart drum start for you and. And um, and then the interaction with Mingna in the uh, in like the birthplace of red tape, where yeah. he says you got you got to get back out there. Whatever happened, I mean, I'm very interested in that mystery as well. Like, what the hell happened that forced her? Because she's a very competent, you know, soldier. She's um, she's she's taken down the bad guys and stuff in this episode. What forced her into a desk job? Um, and why was she so reticent to come back out? But um, and I like those two together, sort of like the mom and dad of this motley little group. 
Um, I think it's got potential. I found myself uh, wondering about the cellist in Portland. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I Everybody's think it'll be interesting to see. Witch. You play the cello. I think, um, you know, I don't necessarily think need to see their private lives. I think it's kind of fun to stick with them as super, super agents. But I think it would be fun to explore Colson's life a bit more. You know, mm-hmm. see what he's like when he's not being Colson 24-7, which he probably yeah, is. Yeah, that's a... That's that's interesting because like you know we're so used to like the secret identity stuff and these are you know agents and their whole life is sort of right. you know field operations. Um, so yeah, what do they do for casual good time fun? Well, they're going to be doing it with each other from the looks that they're giving each other in the show. Mm. But uh, I I enjoyed it. It was fun. I didn't have I didn't have major problems with it. The stuff that was problematic was just the transition from TV to film, which is expected. But uh, yeah, and it, and it ends with a Corvette turning into a flying car, which was awesome. And that I think really sets the tone. Hopefully for right. the rest of the series, or it should. Um, that this is what this is what the show is going to be. That we're going to have flying cars, and Coulson is, you know, uh, hip and square at the same time, and that's pretty cool. Um, well, good news for everybody who enjoyed it was that it was a blockbuster in the ratings department. Oh, good. Not at all surprising. Although I, I was talking to somebody before it came out, and I was like, I don't know what it's going to do. It could be a huge hit or it could be a giant flop, and I wouldn't be surprised either way. But it was a huge hit. It was the biggest um, network premiere in four years, uh, wow. drawing you know 11 million viewers, well, almost 12 million viewers, which is funny. Ten years ago, big hit would have been 30 million viewers. Um, well, we'll see if it gets eclipsed by uh, the Michael J. Fox show and the return of the bunk. Yeah, so it's it's uh, it's good news if you enjoyed it. It's probably going to stick around. You know, these days, uh, a four point six in the demo for all those who who follow ratings is is like a mm. gigantic number. So that's good, good news. And as long as it doesn't drop off big time next week, yeah, we'll have to see what next week looks like. We should be in for a couple years of Colson running around, quipping and shooting. So I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to next week. You can go tell us what you thought of it by going to fanboy.com and commenting on the show under the podcast uh, there. Or you can go check out Paul's 1,500-word review over at the Splash Page blog at MTV Geek. Uh, comment there as well. So you can check that out every week. We'll probably be doing that for MTV. And we'll be, we're will be we not going to be talking about the show every week. But if something else comes up but worth talking about, Paul and I will jump on the microphone and have a chat about it. Until the next podcast, which will be the Pick of the Week show, and then next week, a Booksplode show featuring a special guest talking about Batman Year 100. I'm mm-hmm. Connor. I'm Paul. And we'll see you next time. So we'll see you at the movies. I almost did that, and I realized we're not going to see you at the movies. <laughs> see you at the little movies, which is now called TV. I always get what I aim for. And your heart and soul is what I came for. Whatever Lola wants, Lola wants, Lola gets. Lola gets. Take off your coat. Don't you know you can't 